Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rooted Rhythms podcast of North Raleigh Christian Academy. I'm your host, Josh Leonard, and I'm so glad you joined us for today's show. This podcast gives us the regular opportunity to sit down with people from all stages and walks of life, hearing their stories and the ways God has worked both in and through their lives. We pray that these conversations would encourage each of us to establish the rhythms of our lives to be rooted in the truth of the gospel and seek to point others back to Jesus. The benefit of coming to a building where you have different ideas and different perspectives is to give us a bigger picture of who God is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and like in an honest of, man, he's created people so uniquely. Let's celebrate that together. Today's episode is a unique one for us here on the Rooted Rhythms podcast as we are going to be joined by three different guests who serve as student pastors here in the Raleigh area, and they are all great friends to our NRCA community. I had the opportunity to sit down with Caleb Baldwin from Seven Marks Church, Brandon Walls from Wake Crossroads, and William Calhoun from the Summit Church. In our time together, I wanted to pose a question to them that speaks to a specific struggle in our current cultural moment. We are all living in a world where we have endless content immediately available at our fingertips. This allows us to consume whatever we want, whenever is most convenient for us and our schedules. As Christians, we are able to listen to the exact same sermons and worship music through our phones and online, and often this convenience just fits better within the busyness of our day-to-day lives. So I ask these guys this question. In a world where I can engage in the exact same content online, why would I sacrifice the time in my schedule to be physically present and engaged in a local church? Is attending church in person simply an archaic practice of the past or a vital aspect of the Christian walk? If we are physically able to attend, does making the intentional effort to be present in church hold value for our souls? I could not think of three better men to help navigate this conversation as we look at the value of being fully present in a local church, the impact this consistent rhythm has on our lives, and practical ways to invest deeper into the body of Christ. Uh, I'm going to give these guys a chance to uh, introduce themselves before we jump into it. Caleb, why don't you start us off? Sweet. Uh, Yeah, my name is Caleb Baldwin, and I get to serve as a student pastor at Seven Marks Church uh, here in Raleigh. I've been there for uh, going on 10 years this coming year. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my name is Brandon Walls. I'm the student and college pastor at Wake Crossroads Baptist Church, and I'll be there uh, four years, January of 24. So it's been a good ride. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, I'm William Calhoun. At, I have the giggles. Uh, <laughs> at the Summit Church. I've been there for about eight years working in student ministry. I'm the student director now at the Capitol Hills campus. Love it. That's awesome. That's so cool. As I came in here at, at North Raleigh about five years ago, you guys were, were obviously some of the first guys I got to link up with. Uh, Brandon, specifically, you kind of came in during a time uh, in, in the transition of, of the COVID era and, and jumping into student ministry there. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that here. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm thankful for you guys to come in and, and share a little bit of your insight here uh, because I have a question that I was hoping to pose to you all um, that I think is being asked often in not only our student circles, but even in in families around the area. Uh, And it's ultimately this question that centers on this. In a world where we can take in any content that we want at any given time, we can listen to whatever type of of music, sermons, uh, messages, anything that we can, we could listen to the exact same sermon or worship music that we would hear at church at any point through our phones, podcasts, or any variation of mediums in that way. In a world where that's all available to us at any given point, 
what would be the purpose for us to to invest our, our time in our lives in being physically present in the local body? Why would we jump in and, and take away time over a weekend, even during weekdays, to be present in the body of Christ in the local church if that same type of content can be received in a variety of ways? I want to pose that question generally and, and hopefully kind of flesh that out a little bit today, uh, and I'll let you guys kind of kick us off in, in what your initial thoughts are when I ask that question to you. Yeah, um, I'll start. I, I think the the topic and the prompt is actually pretty cool. You know, the the fact that we could and can access all these different avenues and places. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a new idea. Um, you know, twenty years ago, you could not have streamed a church from California, you know, the Midwest or the East, Eastern Coast at one time, and said you know that you were a part of those gatherings. But but now, in some sense, you know, y- you kind of can say those things, and so it's an interesting concept yeah. uh, that I think has definitely invaded our world. And then COVID, of course, made that more so with all churches seeming to have some kind of online presence. Um, and so it, it's a cool thing, but I also think too much of a good thing can be a bad thing, <laughs> right? Um, you know, exercise is good for you running all day, not good for you. That's right. Right. Um, at least for me anyway. Um, and so, you know, I think it, if we intend to think, man, this is a really great thing and I want to be that kind of Christian where I can just kind of hop and skip and not attend church. I think we believe the lie that, um, you know, what is new is better than what is old. Um, that's not been the church's practice for years of, Mm kind of individualizing ourselves and so that kind of just some introductory thoughts it's cool but i think it can turn in on itself and cause harm when we think that way it's good yeah i think what's interesting about the question is uh for for a very long time actually media has played a big part in church whether you go back to uh the 1800s you start seeing spurgeon's uh sermons being printed all over the place so people could read them across the world mm-hmm. and grow and be developed and understand uh, teaching that maybe they don't have uh where they are you fast forward into the the 50s 60s 70s you start getting radio broadcasting of sermons you start getting television broadcasts of sermons my uh, grandfather-in-law uh, has been uh, recording and distributing his church's sermons online since the early 80s that's right uh primarily so that people who are homesick uh, people who are shut-ins and they can't make it to service, there's no opportunity for them to get to church, uh, can watch it and can participate. And, and that's been great. I think about uh, going further along even still. I used to visit this this older woman who, I mean, she was wheelchair-bound, rarely left her home except for the hospital. And and she loved to get to participate in, in hearing God's Word from mm-hmm. live preachers on TV on a regular basis. Um, so it's always served a, a unique purpose in that way. But I feel like What's happened uh, in the past probably uh, 10, 12 years as uh, internet has become more and more and more normal in our life and has felt like more and more real life. We date online, we make friends online, we play games online, Hmm. uh, we experience new things online with videos, with travel, and we have virtual reality now. All these type of things that have made online feel more real has changed the game a little bit. Even when I was in college, which I graduated in 2010, uh, from uh, from college, it was you you went online uh, to watch a service similar to how people might read a Spurgeon book to just hear a different pastor, yep. uh, to hear a different message, to hear a different sermon. Uh, you watch live worship on YouTube to hear a different type of worship band and to hear music that really spoke to your heart. But never once did I consider what I was doing church. Mm-hmm. Is It was a spiritual practice of me learning and participating in what God's people were doing, but it wasn't church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was a long time before... Um, before I even understood that as a concept, it would have probably been 
I graduated in 2010. Uh, I think that's when it was kind of emerging. You had a lot more churches like Summit, like Highlands, a big church in Alabama where I'm from, that are doing you know video services from one campus to another, and that starts making online feel more real, video feel more real. Why can't I just do this at home becomes a big question once you begin that. And, and all of a sudden, like I said, the game just changed, and it became less about it's a spurt, personal spiritual practice and more. I can just do church at home. Yeah. And, and I think we lost along the way what the whole purpose and intent was. Man, I think that that begs a question here for us, and and I may let Caleb just just jump in on this one here for for to start us off. But I think that begs a question then for us is, well, what is church, right? If there's a separation here between participating in a spiritual practice of of listening to sermons online and and, and engaging in what uh, potentially the global church is doing or, or other congregations are doing, uh, and there's a difference between that and being present in the the local body. So what what is church in in that regard? What would the definition of that be? What does that look like where that separation takes place? Yeah, no, as I was thinking about today and and kind of going through some notes and and looking over things that, that I mean that's the first question like if we're saying what is church, we yep. got to define it and you look throughout scripture uh and it's a gathering of believers. Mm-hmm. Uh like a like coming together it's numerous parts of scripture you see it's a body uh it's a it's branches on a vine it's a collective people coming together for the sole purpose of bringing honor and glory to god yeah. uh, and so yeah. if if church is a gathering of people uh then it's really hard to do church without gathering together mm. uh and i think one of the things for me that um, I've seen to be true, uh, is just, it's a, con- it's like a convenience thing, uh, is what I'm seeing of, man, I, I can, I can just sit here in my pajamas and my coffee in my living room or even bed. Uh, I don't have to get up and go in, um, or, Hey, my kids got 15 volleyball games this weekend, <laughs> uh, and we're out yeah. somewhere. And so it's more convenient for me to just tune in online. Yep. Um, but for me, it's it's more of. But you're not you're not gathering. You're not doing uh, life with people. You're not operating as like a family of people keeping each other accountable. Because yeah. at home, it's easy to say, "Yeah, I watched online," but I paid attention for two minutes uh, yeah. because my coffee was getting made. My kids are running around like. TikTok was in my hand. Uh, TikTok, yeah, yeah, I'm scrolling through reels yeah. of like this preacher isn't good, so let me find a better preacher. Um, <laughs> and I have a six year old, a three year old, and uh, almost one year old. Yeah. And like when when COVID was happening and we we're trying to do the online thing, it's like someone's peeing on the ground over here, and yeah. you know you're trying to collect people and you can't focus. It's just almost like you have to rewind and watch it again later. Right. Um, but to go back to the question you pose. Uh, Man, church is a group of people who come together uh, to bring honor and glory to God and to fulfill the Great Commission. And so uh, you can't do that solo. Mm-hmm. I think it's evident in Scripture. Yeah. Uh, I think with the definition of church, I think it's a great place to start. And I think to even clarify that a little more is what is the nature of the church? If we if we think it's a product to be consumed, then we can treat it that way, yeah. right? We can say, well, I'm, you know, you can think of it, you know, I'm not being fed here, so I'll go there. 
you know, or, hey, I've heard this preacher is really popular. I'm going to hear what that's all about. And, and instead, I think church is, like you said, a community to be a part of. Yeah. And that, I think, by definition, requires like shoulder to shoulder rubbing, so to speak, and not an individualized um, perspective of, well, I'm just going to watch and not be a part of something. Yeah, I think that's that's so good for for me. I, I've been kind of wrestling with this this thought in my mind of of uh, in the midst of of being in the body of Christ. What does that that look like relationally, or, or maybe more specifically, what is what is the relational value of being a part of of a local body of the local church? Where is there um, where is the value or uh, the space where being uh, with people in the midst of life, of, of doing life with people, um, of being together and gathering together, what what benefit does that bring? That if, if this is for our good, if, if God has provided this space for our good, what what is that? What is when I'm comparing my my sacrifice of, of time and energy? Because ultimately that's, that's what we're talking about, right? We're going to sacrifice yeah. our own wants, our own desires of whatever that looks like, convenience, time, energy, in order to be physically present somewhere. Every time we say yes to something, we say no to a million other things, right? And so if I'm sacrificing this, where does that value lie relationally with other people? I wonder in, in your guys' settings in, in various your churches where you serve, what do you see there? Maybe personally and, and then maybe corporately as, as a congregation. Yeah, so I grew up uh, playing baseball. Uh, got really good at warming up the bench and <laughs> leaning in real close uh, to the plate as I batted. But uh, one thing that I know to be true about baseball is uh, if you had a third baseman uh, who loved the game, yeah. great team member, uh, but every game day he just watched from home, uh, you'd really have a big gap in your team and your ability to win. And if he said, no, but I'm playing, I'm cheering you guys on, I'm supporting you guys, like I'm pumped. I got a lot of friends actually who play baseball I love to talk with, like, <laughs> and they love the team too. We really connect, but they don't ever show up to the game then you're really not going to be able to to succeed in the way that you should. And you're not actually a third baseman. Right. You just like to watch base, baseball from home. And I think in the same way it is with church, that there is there there's an opportunity for us to take part in something taking place. And when we keep ourselves out of that, we're actually doing damage to the body. Mm-hmm. Because as Caleb said a moment ago, there's legs and there's feet and there's eyes and there's toes. And when we stay home, the body isn't complete. There, there's something missing from that. Mm. And we might think, oh, but it's okay, but I'm watching it. Like I, I can still support my friends and I can still worship from here, but it's not about me. It's about the body. And I am, I'm doing a disservice in that sense for a variety of reasons that I'm sure we'll talk about, but. Yeah, and to go along with that, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, that imagery that Paul gives us of the body of, hey, you know, an eye can't say to ear, I don't need you. Mm -hmm. Uh, If one suffers, it all suffers. Uh, And I think in a culture and a time where uh, it's very much the opposite of that, it's Mm me-centric as compared to us, um, we can get lost in that of even like helping people realize you bring value to the church because we need each other. We're all made in the image of God, Uh, meaning like we reflect different parts of who Jesus is uh, to each other. And so I need you to help me look more like Jesus because there's strengths and giftings that you have that I don't necessarily have. And so when you bring those to the table, I can learn from you. I can gain that perspective and the strengths and gifts that God's given you. I can actually benefit from that. Right. Um, and I, I think sometimes people don't uh, understand or realize the impact that they can have 
or like mm-hmm. the value they bring to the church. You know, as pastors, sometimes it can be viewed as, all right, we're coming to hear you. Yeah. Uh, we're coming to listen to what you have to say instead of, hey, we're here to participate in something right. so much bigger than ourselves uh, where you have a role to play and I have a role to play. And as we yeah. come together, it creates this beautiful picture uh, of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think um, I think to answer the question is I think you look at Jesus's disciples yeah. and there were two in particular that were completely diametrically opposed. Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector. Those two people would have been like the far left and the far right in our day and age. And yet they still followed the same Lord and were still fruitful for the kingdom. And when we live in an isolated world where I attend church alone, we don't get to rub shoulders with people who, you know, for lack of a better word, are, are different from us and diverse in, in ways that don't uh, hurt the kingdom. And so living in a community uh, where you will have to do hard things and, and people are going to annoy you, but that like we see that the ancient church did that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the more we, I mean, our culture is just more individualistic than ever before. I mean, if you think about your, your Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds, right, they're all like AI programmed to, to show you what you like. Mm. And so I think it's even harmed our relationships with other people because we just don't think we're the same and we can't like connect because, mm-hmm. well, you don't like the things I do that are so right. niche that like we don't see the fullness of the kingdom yeah. when we approach church that way. And it, it makes us feel like, our opinion is the right one and the only one because it's all we see. And then so when we interact with people oppose, all, there's a huge, I want to be a part of that. They're an idiot. Yeah. Like they don't agree with what yeah. I'm saying. Their theology is off. And it's mm-hmm. like, or maybe <laughs> you've been in, you know, a vacuum and you haven't really taken yeah. time to, um, or an echo chamber, whatever it's called, and haven't taken the time to really see the other side. Yeah. It, it really polarizes yeah. us. And I think that then le- leads to, I'm just going to leave the church. Right. Cause what we, tend to do and typically do is we'd like to find pockets of people that agree with our ideas Mm -hmm. and the moment they stop agreeing with our ideas it's like bye like we can't have an intelligent conversation about this it's like you're not in my court uh and so you stay over there and that's why like i've seen people leave the church because they someone didn't agree with them on a certain top topic right and you know if church is a family, like, would you leave your family because your daughter disagreed with you on a certain topic? Oh, right. you're an idiot. I'm not going to be your dad anymore. You know, like, right. I mean, <laughs> it's, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, it. yeah. I went to Auburn. If my daughter's like, I'm a Bama fan. Like, it's you're right. out of here. You're that's disowned. The end of it like, now. that's the end of it. But that's that's the that's the hard part is like the benefit of coming to a building where you have different ideas and different perspectives is to give us a bigger picture of who God is yep. uh, and like in an honest of, man, he's created people so uniquely. Let's celebrate that together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so good. This is, uh, I've been kind of wrestling with this in my head a little bit. And I, I think it, it coincides with what we're talking about here of, of what, uh, when we look at relationships, when we look at uh, our relationships with people, Keller writes this in, in actually specifically toward marriage, but I think you can even apply it just in general relationships. He he talks about kind of the depth of relationships being rooted in two places and in, in being rooted in, in consistency, uh, this consistent presence with one another, uh, and then rooted in transparency. Mm-hmm. And that the level of which those two exist is is often the depth to which uh, your relationship is, right? right. You 
can and the presence right the consistency of presence isn't inherently physical presence all the time right there's ways we can connect where we're not physically present all the time but if we're not actually doing life together there then it's difficult to actually be transparent in those moments right right? it's difficult to actually reveal the the depths of our heart it's very easy to fake it when it's in 30 second clips that we see on our phones right Mm -hmm. it's very easy to fake it when we're just isolated at home and, and watching from through a screen and so if we're if we're walking through life without this level of transparency nobody actually knows what's churning within the depths of of our soul i think for me when i think about this this topic that's kind of where where i landed for a long time is that when i recognize uh the the gift that is the body of christ is it's so often on display for me in that there are people who who know me in in deeper ways than they ever would if i just was was off kind of doing church digitally or or whatever that that looks like there and i so often need my heart to hear the message of the gospel from other believers Mm. that the the day in day out grind of of this world and and the enemy's just cunning and crafting ways that he just slightly twists truth in your head i need people who are able to see me and say that's not that's not right whatever you're believing there that's causing you to live out of that that's not right let help me like let me speak to you the truth that that the bible says in this particular circumstance but we miss out on that whenever we're we're isolated there and i feel like that's a place where where the community of of the bodies on display yeah, that's what it's a proverb that says, better is a friend close by than a brother far away. That's right. So there's something good, even if there's not that tight-knit feeling you wish you had with your community yet, mm-hmm. it's better to have that friend nearby to call you out, to comfort you, to encourage you, to push you forward, than to just rely on these people just so far away. And like, yeah, but we, we grew up together. We were great friends. And it's like, they don't know you. They yeah. don't know your life. And and we, we, we recognize this, like if maybe we experience something, you know, deeply sad and we post it somewhere online and all these people, they comment, Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I love you. You're so sweet. You're amazing. And we're like, Oh, that's, that's great. But we tell somebody to their face and they just grab hold of us and mm-hmm. hug us. And, and we just feel their tears on our shoulder and we're crying and we're heaving. And we can't hold it. And it's like, there's so much comfort in the, in just the human touch and the feel and the knowledge of someone's presence that is not the same and cannot be replicated online, no matter how much you try. And it can't be replicated by just looking at stories. It's, we are, we're not disembodied from our souls and spirits. It's all interconnected. And we truly need one another. We are created for one another. That's why Adam and Eve were, were made you know, one after the other because he needed a helper. He needed a friend. He needed a community. He wasn't good that he would be alone. Yeah. And from the beginning, it's it, it said, don't do that. And we're like, oh, but I can do it. I have TikTok. I've got these mm-hmm. screens. I can watch mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the and, same. And that's kind of the ironic thing is because uh, y'all probably seen this, you know, as pastors of majority of the time when you see people come back to church, it's because they've been hurt or mm-hmm. it's because they've gone through a certain thing and you're like, Hey, Hey, we're glad you're here. We want you always want you to feel welcome and to come back. Uh, but it's like what you're searching for, you could have yep. every week, like mm-hmm. that intimacy that someone knows me, knows my story, will walk with me, will yeah. care for me. Like that's the beauty of church together is, Hey, I walk in, someone knows my name. Like I belong to this place. There's, there's buy in on that. And, and so for me, it's always been kind of ironic that the moment 
you know, someone goes through a hardship. I, I mean, it's oftentimes how we treat our relationship with God if we're not careful. Yeah. Oh, no, life is terrible. I got to, God help me. Yeah. Instead of daily walking with him in, in, the, in the terms of like church, consistently showing up. Like, there's benefit for that. It's you don't have to wait till life is all crazy and chaotic for you to come to church. No, there's benefit in coming because then people know you and yeah. you know other people and you can be real and open. You don't have to fabricate some right. relationship because it's already there because you've put the time into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, why would we recreate the COVID shutdown that we all grew to hate, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. COVID happened. We all bought Zoom. We were like, guys, we're doing a small group on Zoom, and everybody showed up, and it was amazing. And by month two, everybody was gone. It was like you and one kid, and yeah, you're like, two yeah, kids showed up, right? Nothing, and we all hated it. School was on it, and church was yeah, on it. Small group, everyone, we hated it. And now we're like, oh, I don't know, but I kind of like it. It's not, no, you hate it. Like, you <laughs> yeah. hate it. You don't want it. <laughs> right. Uh, so don't go back to it. There's, there's, there's just a rawness to true life and being with one another that we need and we're designed for and it, it can't happen any other way yeah well and i think that's that's so interesting that, that you bring that up there because when i think back on on the moments where we hated it right where we were in the midst of it and we hated it i think there it was almost highlighted there in that moment of how being so consistently meeting on on zoom and digitally mm-hmm. was actually like forming us it was forming the way that that we saw the world the mm-hmm. way that we saw ourselves uh just the rhythms of our lives were were very clearly dedicated in front of a screen never in you know human interaction in there and i think that's a part where we miss out too is that well in this moment it's convenient in this moment it's convenient to not be physically present but as those build as it did when we were in the midst of the COVID side we were starting to see like attention spans go down right Mm -hmm. just the relational quality go down we saw a lot of just feelings of of isolation and separation and um even just like self-worth and identity taking a hit there where Mm -hmm. we're wondering where our our people are where our community Mm -hmm. is and in the midst of that it was it was simply just the formation taking place of of consistent uh, lack of presence with each mm. other, I think. And, and I think yeah. that's, we saw that a lot with, with our students, even just here at school, right? Where we're just doing classes online and we're meeting in there and we just haven't seen any faces and mm. you are, you were actually physically alone. And we had a lot of students articulate that to us is that those were the moments where uh, we wrestled with, with these feelings and these emotions of, of isolation and being yeah. apart from, from people. Uh, and, in, and now, like you said, we're, we're almost choosing that we're almost yeah. choosing places just because of situational convenience and in the moment at times. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, um, you know, when when you think of church and you think of shoulder to shoulder rubbing, like I, I, as a pastor, like if, if I get a call from a parent, you know, at 2 AM saying, Hey, my student was just in a, in a terrible accident, you know, on the way home from work or whatever. And, you know, they're in the hospital at that moment, it would be easier to FaceTime, but I know I need to get out of bed put some clothes yeah, on and go, go to the hospital yeah. because those things matter. And I think when we view churches as not, it doesn't matter, then we don't, we don't affect how we, it doesn't affect how we want to show up there. And so it, it means something different to be like real tangible life on yeah. life. That shoulder rubbing, because I think we can deceive ourselves and think, Oh, this is better, but yeah. it's not. I think too, some of what the, the digital age has taught a lot of us is that we can show up without showing up. Uh, we could watch a movie without watching a movie because yeah. we're just on our phone. <laughs> uh, we could watch a show without really watching a show because we're on FaceTime with mm. somebody else. We can show up to church on Sunday and to youth on Wednesday or Sunday, but not really be there. That's right. And we feel like that's normal. Mm. But again, we're that, that, that attention, that care, that community you spoke about a moment ago, it's just not there. If you, if you show up without showing up, 
you, you just as may as well be at home on your couch. You, you've disengaged your heart, your mind, your spirit. And, 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 and uh, I think truthfully, some of that is, it's less of something we're seeking to do, and it's more of an internal battle we have to learn to fight mm. because our mind has been reprogrammed. Yeah. And if we're not actively pursuing to put in the Lord Jesus Christ, to pursue community, to not forsake the gathering together with one another, if we're not actively pursuing that, I think we would all drift into that because that's the water we're swimming in right now. Mm. The water we're swimming in just says, show up and don't show up. Do whatever you want. It's fine. And, and the body of Christ and the word of God says, no, you unite with one another, be with one another. And so it's a battle we have to fight. I don't think it's like, this isn't a beat down, right? It's not like, go to church, you know, you're, you're, what are you doing? It's like, we're all fighting this. We need Are we going to fight it or not? Yeah. Uh, because there's, there's value in coming together. Yeah. yeah. And to continue, you know, the Hebrews 10 passage of spurring one another on to good deeds and towards love. I mean, and that goes on to like the service component mm-hmm. of like serving within the body yeah. of man, people, people need that. And, you know, I tell my leaders all the time, <clears throat> Hey, like don't just be physically present, uh-huh. but mentally present as yep. well, mm-hmm. especially in the student world. Pe- kids can see right through mm-hmm. uh, fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of times though at churches, we walk in, Hey brother, good to see you. Yeah. And you're like, you're just in the car yelling at your wife right. the whole way there. And the door opens and it's like this magical smile that pops on. Mm-hmm. And then the door shuts on the way out and you're back at it again. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, Hey, let's just acknowledge life is hard sometimes. Right. Let's acknowledge that we need each other. And I think that's a big component of it. I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I got me. And it's like, uh, I was sitting in a counseling session the other day and um, a guy said, man, uh, the gospel is so vital in your life. But if you don't feel like you have a need, then you're not going to need the gospel. Yeah. And it's like the need is what pushes you. Like we are in need yeah. of a savior. Yeah. And so we all are needy. Like, mm-hmm. And so if you don't think you're needy, then you miss out on the beauty of the gospel. Correct. And so, and what, and what's the church? It's an yeah. expression of that. Yeah. It's an expression of, man, Christ and his people coming yeah. together uh, to bring glory to God. And so I, I think uh, what you were saying about just showing up, I think serving within the church changes that. It does. Because yeah. there's a hef- like there's a weightness to, man, I got I got to get there because I'm I'm here to encourage and to spur mm. towards love and to good good deeds like they we need each other to show up. Yeah. So, yeah, we say that at, at our church at Exchange Church here in Rollsville, we, we often say that we are all needy and needed, which is mm-hmm. exactly what, what you're saying in here. Uh, it, it reminds me of, of a passage in, in First Peter 4 where, where we're reading this, this call to what it looks like to live for God and where they call us, um, it says to continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, but it's the, and he kind of goes on to talk about, you know, if you have the gift of speaking, then, then to speak as if God himself were speaking through you, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, these different spiritual gifts. And then at the very end, he says, do it all with, or do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Yeah. And I think that's the place where when I read that passage, I just, I, I land my feet because uh, I often find myself in a variety of different ways of that, right? Either I'm trying to do it with my own strength and energy. Okay. I'm showing up, but I'm just white knuckling my way through, right? I'm getting out of the car, I'm putting on the the face and we'll get back in and then it'll actually be, be me. Or perhaps there's times where I just say like, 
I don't have it, right? There's no, like, I can't show up, so I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay home. And here, I love the the specificity of, like, do it with all the strength and energy that God himself provides, that right. God is faithful to provide that in that moment. And that's the whole point. Yep. Like, that's right. That's the whole point of the church and gathering together because there's a thousand percent chance that there's going to be days when you can't muster it up yourself. That's right. And so that's why you can come to a body that can encourage you and to carry you when you can't carry yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think like growing up in church, I, you know, I was Southern Baptist and there's this, you got to put on life's great all the time. I'm a pastor's kid as well. And so like you're either a horrible kid or, you know, perfect kid, you yeah. know, however people, you know, determine that. But there was almost like this, hey, we're going to put you on this pedestal. And I didn't want to be on the pedestal because mm-hmm. when I, when I fall, fall off it, it hurt. Yeah. Like, but I think there's sometimes in the minds of people who come to church that I have to clean up and I have to be perfect to step into these doors. Yeah. And it's like, man, no, like you had a rough week. Hey, come experience the good news of Jesus. Yeah. You had an awesome week. Come celebrate the good news of Jesus yeah. and having people that can see you and say they need encouragement, man, that's that's what the church is for. I, that's such a, a beautiful picture of, of that and leads right into to kind of this last question to tie bow on it for, for everything here that I want to pose to you guys. For, for those listening that may be in this place of uh, they may be wrestling with a with hundred different reasons as to why they, they feel like they shouldn't or couldn't possibly engage physically back into a local church or maybe for the first time, what would be some of the things you would say to somebody sitting in that spot where they're just asking the question of how could I find my place in an already existing body of believers? There's already a, a group of people gathering together, following Jesus. I'm not inherently affiliated with that. Maybe I've listened online. How can I find myself uh, in a place where I'm engaging? What are some ways I could walk into a church and say, these are some steps I could take to really plug in and find these things that we've been talking about here for, for the last 30 minutes? Yeah, I've heard recently somebody say, uh, if you're searching for community, you'll almost never find it. Uh, But if you create it, you always will. Hmm. And I I think there's power. And when I when I go into a place, not expecting everyone to bend over backwards and be my best friend, but like recognize one, if you do go to a place and no one looks you in the eyes, maybe (laughs) it's probably not the best place in the world. Sure. There's a lot of churches, find somewhere else, (laughs) but uh, they got stuff to work through. Uh, However, uh, a lot of times we walk into a place and we we feel like nobody wants us we feel like we're not welcome we feel like we're different and so what we see and we interpret is that nobody wants us and we're different and we're unwelcome we kind of um we create a reality that we live in create that narrative we create that narrative and we and we walk in it and so i think uh, believing the best of other people knowing that it is awkward to make new friends like we're not in kindergarten anymore. we just like punch some kid on the playground and go oh joe you'll be my friend and you're like yeah your best friends for the next 20 years and you punch the kid on the playground it's like it's work it's hard mm-hmm. work uh, but there's a there's a pastor named mark dever he wrote a book called compelling community yep and and the entire picture of the book is that a christian community is compelling because not everyone is the same. Mm-hmm. It's compelling because everyone is completely different, but for one thing, the blood of Jesus Christ that saves and unites us together as a true family. Yeah. And so we enter into that thankful that we get to be a part of something different and know that it takes time. That family, yeah. uh, the, like, you know, I think about, I, we have a lot of families who have adopted kids and like, it's not an overnight switch where all of a sudden everything just feels normal and great. Like you're a knit family. It's, it's work and yeah. love and hard conversations sometimes, but it's worth it. 
So you got to, it's just, just do it. It's like Nike, just do it. Just show up and do it. Stick it out. Don't go somewhere for one week and say, oh, it was awful. They didn't like me. Yeah, probably because you walked in thinking nobody's going to like me. Then you probably <laughs> acted weird, man. It's like, just go in, see what happens. Yeah. Show up for three months, show up for a semester. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and it's hard for me to believe if you truly did that with a heart to create community and be a part of community that you would leave without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's just getting the courage to to take a step uh, take a step into a church. Yeah. Um, like these guys I'm good friends with, been good friends with for years. Uh, and I could guarantee you if you stepped into Summit stores or stepped into Wake Crossroads stores and said, hey, I'm looking for a community, um, they wouldn't be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> We're full. Fresh yeah. out. Yeah. Sorry, you're <laughs> too awkward out. and no one wants you here. Uh, they would introduce you to people. That's they would right. talk to you, figure yeah. out where you're at. St- do, you, do you have kids? Do you, you know, what's your story? Uh, I know for us at Seven Marks, that's, we, we value people's stories. Like, mm-hmm. where are you at and how can we, like, put you with groups of people that sur- surround you in the same season, uh, but also maybe a step ahead of you um, to where, uh, hey, you're going through a tough time. Man, we got people here that are going to love you. Uh, I think the biggest thing um, is just having the courage to step out and take a step into church mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with an open mind and a heart to say, hey, I'm willing to risk it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm willing to be vulnerable, uh, because at the end of the day, uh, the heart of the church is to love you. Yeah. You're not going to find a perfect church wherever you go. If you do, let me know. I'll come ruin it. Um, and, but I think if you have the courage to step into a church building, uh, consistently and give it, give yeah. it a, mm-hmm. give it an opportunity, yeah. you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, uh, I think the the vulnerability is a big part, Caleb, because I think we we typically isolate ourselves and think, man, no one has the same struggles that I do. Mm-hmm. Like no one, you know, has X, Y, or Z, or yeah. you know, X, Y, and Z has happened to me. And I think what what that does is that certainly isolates us. But then when we are vulnerable, that's the most uncomfortable thing you can ever do in your life. Truly, is open up to people who are quote unquote strangers who maybe not know you uh, and thinking you're going to be judged. But I think vulnerability is is more often when done well is what brings people together mm-hmm. because they realize, you know, you and I are not that different. Yeah. Like we both live in this world. We both have these same struggles. They may look different. They may feel different. But man, what what brings us together is is much stronger than what in our minds can divide us. Yeah. And I think living in that kind of community, like, doesn't create relevance. Like that that's a big word that churches try to use. Like, come come to our church, we're relevant. I think what what churches who are embodying this type of community actually reach is transcendence, mm-hmm. right? Because there, there's nothing else like that. I mean, yeah. you can go to a sports game and you can wear the home team jersey and there's a million other people who are cheering just like you do. But, but when you leave, you don't know that person from Adam. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the church, like, man, you show up and you worship the Lord through the good and the hard times and you, you leave and you're still a community. And that that is what I think the world is searching for in the wrong areas. And yet the church provides such a such an easy way to do that. But to, to your point, you've got to want it. And I think as parents too, like, man, you've got a you've got a pattern that at home like yeah. hey you know church mm-hmm. is not something we do it's 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 something we belong to these are our, these are this is our second family that's yeah. what we always call our, our church we, we call business meetings family meetings and you know sometimes we talk about hard things there but we yeah. end we, we end and with, with you know our pastor saying church i love you yeah um and it's such a, a beautiful picture of what the kingdom of god really can be
Man, I so appreciate you guys uh, walking through this with us and and talking about this 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 beautiful picture of, of community and the opportunity to use our gifts that that God has given us to to serve those around us and, and to do so through through the local body. And so I appreciate you guys kind of navigating that conversation with us each time when we do uh, Rooted Rhythms podcast episode uh, with all of our guests. We love to just give you guys uh, the last word that can have to do with uh, with this topic that we're talking about here and have to do with what you're reading now, what you may be walking through. Uh, uh, something you're learning in here. Uh, we'll start with Caleb. We'll go around the table in here uh, and you guys can just share a little bit of uh, whatever your last word you'd like to be before we wrap up. Yeah. So I think it, for me, it ties into the, today's topic. And as I was sitting through this and praying through this and even sitting here in the conversation, um, just particularly just a, you know, a message to parents is like the importance of discipleship in your own family mm-hmm. um, and the importance of teaching your kids the importance of church. That's right. Um, because I think at least what I've seen, uh, in my student ministry and in others, as I'm sitting down with student pastors, um, is the student's opinion of church is more than oftentimes the parent's opinion of church. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and the student's opinion of discipleship and reading the Bible and praying is often just a direct flow from the parent. And so what I always try to encourage parents from my side of things is, Hey, you're the primary discipler of your kid. Yep. If you don't know how to do that, man, I would love to sit down with you and help you with that. Mm. But if you expect your kid to come to church once a month, once every other month and get fixed or, and you're going to be disappointed with me. Mm -hmm. You're going to look for another student ministry to try to fix your kid compared to, man, start at home. Yeah. Display to them what a relationship with Jesus looks like. And, part of being a church is part of being in a relationship with Jesus. Yep. And so the natural overflow of coming to know Jesus is finding a gathering of people to encourage one another. And so I just encourage you parents, um, man, if you want to see your kids succeed in life, be the best version of them, help them follow Jesus mm-hmm. and get them in, in church. Amen. Yeah, I, I can second that totally. Um, a, a couple of things, I, just last couple of things I wanted to add are just some scriptures. We, we mentioned a lot as we were going. Some ones that I thought about, if you wanted to read for further you know, study on this, Hebrews 10, verse 22 through 25, um, Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, we, we really talked about that 1 Corinthians 12 passage a lot today. And then 1 John 1, 7, just a lot, a lot of uh, good passages about being together and in a body and fellowship. Um, and then if you want some more resources on this, um, a lot of my thoughts on this topic come from a book that I read a couple years ago called Analog Church by Jay Kim. Um, it, it's really written for the the church leader, but man, there's so much good in there that I think a parent um, would want to know about just how digital, the digital ages influence the way we communicate with other people. So just some extra resources for you there. That's awesome. Does it come in digital version too, or just, just <laughs> I, I imagine there probably is an ebook. Um, <laughs> I have the paper one. Uh, and I had this thought uh, in the past uh, around this topic, and it says that only those who are satisfied in Christ are satisfied in his community. Only those who are satisfied in Christ are satisfied in his community. Mm-hmm. It could very well be uh, for you, whether you're a parent or a student listening, is that the reason that community is so challenging for you is that your relationship with Jesus is, is, is lacking. It's wanting. Either you don't know him and you're convinced that you do, or you've created such distance between you and him that you are seeking to fulfill everything that he ought to fulfill by human beings in your life, and they will always let you down mm-hmm. every single time. Um, 
at the same time, uh, it's these ones who let you down, uh, who bring the encouragement and the hope and the love and the joy in the way that they were created to be, but they can't bring the ultimate satisfaction. So uh, only those who are satisfied in Christ uh, are satisfied in his community. That's good. Mm. That's a beautiful ending, I think, to this this conversation, guys. I uh, I'll echo a little bit of what you've all said in here. Uh, you guys are are truly ones that I I'm excited to to minister alongside to to students here in the Raleigh area. Um, but even more so, I'm super thankful for you guys as as brothers and friends, uh, as part of uh, even that community that that I get to come to as well. So thank you for joining us today. Yep. I appreciate having you guys on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today as we are joined by Caleb, Brandon, and William in a conversation surrounding intentional and consistent presence in the local church. Henry Nowen writes on this when he says that Christian community is the place where we keep the flame of hope alive among us and take it seriously so that it can grow and become stronger in us. I pray that each of us would seek to dive deep into relationships that continue to point us closer to our Savior. May we surround ourselves with those that speak to us the hope of the gospel, and may we seek to use those gifts God has given us to love those in our lives as Christ loves us. The Rooted Rhythms podcast is a production of North Raleigh Christian Academy. I want to give a huge shout out to all of those who make each episode possible. Engineered and edited by Jason Pizzino. Produced and written by Josh Leonard. Thank you to Tiffany Benson and Zachary Roberts who serve on our content team theme song written and recorded by NRCA alum Graham Tudor. If you don't want to miss out on all future episodes, subscribe to the Rooted Rhythms podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can also follow at NRCA Student Life on Instagram to not miss any updates on upcoming episodes. If you have any questions or comments related to today's episode, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at nrcanights.com. <laughs>